A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. We survived rusty playgrounds, no helmets, and drinking from the hose. This is the Midwest Farm Report. Good morning. I'm Stephanie Hoff along with you, preparing myself for another round of snow expected today. And maybe some of you already saw some wintry precipitation already this morning. If you saw something outside your window, let us know. Send us a text at 877-301-FARM. That's the number for our talk text line. Again, let me know if you got any snow or rain overnight. Just include your name and location so I can read it on air. Again, that number is 877-301-3277. For today, we're looking at 1 to 3 inches, at least in the Madison area. Temperatures will sit in the low to mid-30s, and tonight those clouds will persist, and it's going to be foggy. Our ag meteorologist, Stu Muck, will be with us shortly with more specifics on the snowy and rainy mix coming this week. The weather is not going to stop us from heading to the UW-Madison campus today for the 2024 Egg Outlook Forum. The fabulous Farm Babe will be your MC. Charity and I will be there as well. This year's topic centers around rural livability, and you can watch for pictures on our Facebook page. In other news, probably one of the most competitive jobs in the state of Wisconsin is accepting applications. I'm talking about the 77th Allison Dairyland position with the Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection. If you or someone you know is passionate about telling the story of agriculture, this is the job for you. Applications are due January 31st. You can find more details at MidwestFarmReport.com. It's Tuesday, and that means market advisor John Heinberg joins us live later in the hour from Total Farm Marketing in West Bend. If you've got questions for him or would like him to glance into his crystal ball for something specific, you can text us through our talk text line at 877-301-3276. Include your name and where you're from. Before that, we'll get an update on a very complex issue that will have a profound impact on milk prices. It's all coming up. Leadership has changed at the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation. I'm Jill Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn here in Eau Claire. The new president for the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation is Brad Olson. I want to find out more about Brad and his operation. All right, thank you, Jill. Yes, as you said, Brad Olson, new president of Wisconsin Farm Bureau. I live in northern Polk County. My wife, Vicki, of 35-plus years, and we have a son and a daughter, Two grandsons, and uh, me and my son crop farm about 600 acres and then do some custom work for some neighbor, local neighbors here. What kind of crops do you grow? Corn, alfalfa, soybeans mainly, uh, a little bit of rye. And from being in the field, you decided to go into the leadership of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau. When did you start getting involved? Actually, actually, my story is a little different. Um, I have I have spent uh, 20 years in local government on the town board, been on the county board here for eight years, and, and a couple of years ago decided to make a, a run for the uh, State Farm Bureau Board. Uh, actually just joined Farm Bureau as an organization in February of 22, ran for the state board in December of 22, uh, was elected and, and now was elected president in December now. So um, I, I will admit my time at Farm Bureau is, is short and, and kind of a 
maybe an unheard of story, but that does that does not mean that my desire to move Farm Bureau and agriculture in Wisconsin, that is my passion, to, to move it forward and to make people realize all of the, the good things that agriculture does, from growing their food to all of the great environmental work we do. Uh, we need to get that out there and, and let the, the other 98.5% of the people who don't grow the world's food understand what we do. But do you think that other start in government maybe helps you to put a different aspect to looking at the Farm Bureau and what it can do for its members? I, I think so. Sometimes in, in any organization, sometimes that an organization needs that, can I say, look from the outside. And, and I am, at least for Wisconsin Farm Bureau, I am that look from the outside. The new one who has <clears throat> worked on local agriculture issues um, and fought for agriculture on the, on the local level for a number of years here through the county board. But I think it's always good for an organization to have a, a look from the outside. And, and like I say, it's a, it's a short tenure at Farm Bureau, but no one is more dedicated or would be more dedicated to the future of, and success of Farm Bureau and our farmers around the state. And from the county board to Farm Bureau, are you seeing any of the similarities as you get started? Yeah, I would say, I would say yes. You know, for, for the most part, uh, all boards are somewhat the same. You know, kind of run the same, function the same, regardless of the organization. It isn't necessarily, you know, all brand new walking through the door, we'll say, because so, so much of, you know, anywhere from the town board, the county board, to the, to the state board at Farm Bureau, they're, they all function for, in a way the same, different, and, and yet at the end of the day, everything kind of rolls along the same. So from that standpoint, just having been in it a number of years, you know, even in different organizations uh, helps a lot, just understanding how things work and move. Policies are a big concern or something that the Wisconsin Farm Bureau looks at a lot. What are some of the policies at the state level that you think are important to focus on to help out our farmers and the rural community? We were down in and testified at the assembly hearing on, on our health care bill, 860, uh, which would allow us to sell health insurance uh, through Tennessee Farm Bureau. I think that's a, that's a big deal for our agricultural community. And I think otherwise, just, just beyond that, I've asked board members at the, at the next meeting to, to come back with ideas to have three to five kind of top priorities from our, from our policy book and maybe three to five secondary priorities that we that we put a little more focus on. Uh, not that we don't focus on the rest of the book as well, but move a few things to the front and, and work on them. Um, if that's things that, you know, that we support or things that we oppose, but that are very important to farmers all across the state, and, and focus on them a little more than the others. And like I say, that doesn't mean we're not focusing on the rest of the policy. It's just... Something has to be at, at, at the uh, top of the list, kind of. So we'll, uh, we'll see what works out there. That will be a, a complete board decision as to where we go, and, and hopefully by sometime in February we can have what the board's policy goals are. Well, you've already testified about the health insurance part. What do you think is going to surface to the top as the importance coming from the other board members. And you have a take in this, too, because you are part of that board. What do you want to focus on? For me, and this is kind of bigger than Wisconsin, 
But um, I had an individual tell me just the other day their milk check was $12.50 a hundred after trucking. So, you know, we're looking at, at milk prices, and, and that's the low. Mainly what I've been hearing is at $15, $16. But $15, $16 is, is not sustainable, I don't think, for any dairy farm in 2024. So, so that's a big issue. It's, it's much bigger than a, than a state issue by, by all means. But um, I've been reaching out to other states here, and, and hopefully after the annual meeting, a number of, we'll, we'll say, dairy states can sit down have a discussion and then see if there's an interest in moving forward and, and at least just, you know, taking a look and seeing if there's uh, what's out there for ideas that, that can potentially help the milk price uh, around the country, and not just even in Wisconsin, but around the country. For our dairy farmers right now, that's a big thing. What do you think some of the other boards are going to come back with for their ideas? I think I think um, energy will will be close to the top. Of course, Transportation is, you know, is always there. Our roads um, around the state uh, took a horrible beating this this last winter, um, so we know that that transportation is going to be big. I think energy and on, on the renewable side of things, you know, there's a better discussion if people are, you know, pro or or against, you know, for or against solar or wind, um, and that's a, you know, that's a tough one for anybody to tackle. But I think those are some of the conversations that that we'll be having. And then we'll, like I said we'll, earlier, we'll just see what the board decides and, and where we head for priorities and, and where Wisconsin Farm Bureau wants to move forward on. Conversations are so important, whether it's at the board level or getting out to the legislators. And the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation has an event coming up, Ag Day at the Capitol. When is that and what's that going to look like? Ag Day at the Capitol is January 31st. Um, registration is open now until uh, the 25th of January at a, at a discounted rate, and then after that, I think goes up ten dollars. Uh, starts at registration starts at 11. Meeting starts at 11:30 till uh, 2 2:30, and then I walk over to the Capitol to see your local legislators uh, somewhere between three and five. Do attendees need to make their own appointments with their legislators? They do not. Uh, staff has it set up with every has appointments with with their legislators uh, from around the state. So those are already set or being set to meet with either your legislator or your legislator's staff. Um, and I think it's very important to understand that, you know, sometimes we worry that, well, we didn't get to talk to our assembly person, our state senator, but it is it is equally, if not even more important, to talk to their staff because those are the boots on the ground people that are they're taking these calls and making the notes. So um, never never feel bad if you don't get to talk to the elected official. As I said, it's equally important to talk to their staff. And the Wisconsin Farm Bureau has a meeting ahead of time to bring up some of the policies that are going to be on the table, per se. What do you think some of those policies are going to be talked about with the attendees and the legislators? I think this year it there again, the, the Farm Bureau Health Plan is, is at the top of the list. Um, we're close. As I said earlier, we, we had a, a meeting with the Assembly Committee uh, next Thursday. They're in front of the, the Senate Committee. So we'll say it's it's time now to, to make the push on health care. So that is really going to be our focus to, to get the word out, get our people out to their legislators on both sides of the aisle and, and urge them to vote for something that our members need and want, but something that really is needed, in, uh, and especially in rural Wisconsin, I would say. Face-to-face meetings, 
And that's the Ag Day at the Capitol on January 31st, starting with a registration at 11. Pre-register by going to the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation website. And that's the newly elected president for the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation, Brad Olson. And I'm Jill Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn here in Eau Claire. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. The nightmare of working with some contractors is much like being on a bad date. They totally wreck your bathroom, swindle you out of a ton of money, then disappear into the dark of night. Swipe left. Actuate Improvement is a full-service design and remodeling company who completes the job as promised, is cost-conscious, then leaves you with a sweet thank you note. Swipe right, and let's get the conversation started with a free consultation. ActuateLLC.com Design, create, actuate. A good friend might tell you that your shoe's untied or, hey, you've got a bit of breakfast on the corner of your mouth. Well, a good friend will also share valuable insights about the scoop on money and energy savings. Like Benjamin Plumbing and their game-changing electric hybrid water heaters. Potential savings of up to three to four times a conventional water heater with current tax incentives up to $2,000. Benjamin Plumbing's electric hybrid water heaters go beyond being just a water heater. It acts as a dehumidifier for your basement, kicking musty odors, mold, and excess moisture to the curb eco-friendly and efficient these electric hybrid water heaters will leave your wallet and our environment completely satisfied hi dale benjamin with benjamin plumbing when we say your plumbing problem is fixed we mean it no excuses i guarantee it contact benjamin plumbing at benjaminplumbing.com now you've got a friend in the plumbing business benjamin plumbing making a decision on new home furnishings is easy with lazy boy You already know he only cares about the comfort, but it's the luxury and design you crave. You choose the style, patterns, and material, while he's imagining himself being seated right in front of the 50-yard line. Call it lazy luxury at its finest. Lazy decorators love Lazy Boy. Lazy Boy Home Furnishings and Decor, Madison, East Springs Drive near East Town Mall. If your conversations always start with the weather, welcome to the Midwest Farm Report. And I imagine weather might dominate the conversation today with the predicted snow that's to come down in some areas of Wisconsin. I'm Stephanie Hoff, back along with you on a Tuesday morning. Stu Muck joins us, our ag meteorologist. Stu, I'm mostly concerned about the road conditions as I maneuver around downtown Madison for the 2024 Ag Outlook Forum. What can you tell us about the coming precipitation and and what that might mean for people on the road? Stephanie, I think it's going to mean that conditions aren't going to be ideal you know we're actually having some winter weather now temperatures are very mild but that does bring around that mix of precipitation that possibility of a little of this a little of that certainly entering into the picture today a front's dropped in out of the northwest moisture is built up out of the south and the radar indicating a little mix of some rain and freezing rain in far southeast wisconsin racine kenosha county parts of walworth county I'd say there looks to be just a little snow in eastern Green and western Rock County as well. 
right on the Illinois border. In fact, I have a report here, Racine, saying two hundredths of an inch as of uh, 5 a.m., so just reporting in with some of that new activity. It's southern Wisconsin that's going to see more activity with a low-pressure system moving up from the southwest, and that's why winter weather advisories in effect in and south of a, a Grant, Iowa, Dane, uh, Dodge County, Washington, Ozaukee County. Everybody south of that is in that winter weather advisory till about 2 this afternoon because of the mix of some rain, maybe a little freezing rain, sleet and snow, an inch, maybe a little more in eastern Wisconsin may accumulate. For most of us, it's an inch or less, but it will be wet, and it could have a little freezing rain component and may freeze once it hits that blacktop that's finally opened up now with the snow coming off. So you may find those slippery spots and stretches. That's the big deal today. We hold on to some of that moisture and mild air, but we could again be talking of a little rain, freezing rain mix into Wednesday or into Thursday as well. Those temperatures staying very mild, well above normal, pushing into the upper 30s here as we head toward Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Very mild indeed as we head toward the end of January. I'll have forecast details right after this. What does supporting rural communities look like? At Compere Financial, we believe it starts with giving back. That's why we are here, with grants that invest in the communities we serve to help beginning farmers, fund agricultural education, support first responders, stimulate economic growth, and partner with causes that matter to our clients. Visit Compeer.com to learn more. Compeer Financial is an equal credit opportunity lender and provider. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved. Stu, I agree when the wind or the just the air isn't biting my face, it feels warm out, like tropical almost, which it sounds like maybe we'll see some of that later this week with the upper 30s. Yeah, we get that warm up here for the end of the week, Stephanie. It sounds fantastic, but yeah, it's the change. It's that mild air that's being pushed into the area. The reason that we have to talk about this mix of precipitation, but none of it is going to be all that heavy. I don't expect that we're going to to build up a half inch of ice or anything like that. Uh, most of the creation I'm seeing here is going to be a, a hundredth of an inch or something like that. You know, just enough to make it slick and slippery. That's what we have to watch out for, especially now about the next two or three days. So, in fact, with that winter weather advisory this morning in southern Wisconsin until 2 this afternoon, we're all in for cloudy skies and a little mixture of some snow, freezing rain, and sleet. Rain a little more likely later on in the day as the temperatures warm up a bit. Some fogginess, kind of a hazy day in store. Just above freezing, 33, 34 degrees with east winds about 5 to 10. Clouds and some fog overnight. And we drop back to freezing or just below. I think a cool one tomorrow might be 31. And our east winds will be around 5 tomorrow. Again, with cloudy skies, some fog, a little rain, maybe some freezing rain mixing in light amounts. Temps tomorrow back up in the mid-30s, 36 or so. East winds 5 to 10. Thursday, kind of the same. Still a little rain or some fog around. Cloudy skies about 38. The north winds 5 to 10. Upper 30s on Friday, Stephanie. Sounds very mild indeed, but it does leave us with this wet kind of questionable stuff. Yeah, a very wet week, and as you said, kind of the good news is that it's not quite as measurable as it was that we saw earlier this month, but uh, definitely be careful on the roadways, slow down, use caution. I know I've got a lead foot, Stu, but I'm telling myself to <laughs> keep it down. Yep. And and turn on your headlights. Oh. Is that, do you come across that often? People don't have their oh, headlights yeah. on? 
Absolutely. I'll see them all over today. It's like, turn on your headlights. Come on, you just stand out a little better. And use your headlights. <laughs> Stu Muck, our egg meteorologist, egg meteorologist, live with us this morning. Don't go away. We get an update on an issue that's going to have a big impact on milk prices. It's all right here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Buying a really good piece of jewelry may seem intimidating, but not after you talk with William Thomas. They take the time with you so you know your money is well spent, not overspent. Their decades of knowledge shine almost as brilliantly as the stunning stones in your custom piece. Come see the collection of gorgeous gems and choose one for your very own. William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Your inspiration, your custom jeweler. Celebrating 30 years of brilliance. This looks like a car. Has tires. Headlights, a hood. Windshield wipers. The doors look like car doors. Open like them too. There's a front seat, back seat, steering wheel. 99.9% of the time, this would be a car. But it's not. This is a bedroom. Anita Washington's for five weeks. There are people like Anita all across Dane County. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll provide Anita and other women, children, and men with nearly 20,000 nights of shelter. Just one part of more than $1.4 million in food, clothing, furniture, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. Looking for extra cash? Did you witness a crime? Or maybe you have information about ongoing criminal activity in the Madison area. We give cash for clues. Madison Area Crime Stoppers is a nonprofit organization that helps prevent and solve crimes in our community by working with Dane County residents, law enforcement agencies, and media partners. So how does it work? When you share information with Crime Stoppers, a confidential code will be generated to protect your identity. If your tip results in an arrest and filing of criminal charges or the apprehension of a fugitive, you'll receive a cash reward. Keep your tip ID and password so you can check the status of your tip. Once the arrest or apprehension is confirmed, arrangements will be made for you to collect your reward anonymously. Your confidentiality is important to us. Any individual who contacts Crime Stoppers will always remain anonymous. Call 608-266-6014 or go to p3tips.com. Madison Area Crime Stoppers, your safety is always our priority. Legacy Exteriors. Just pick up the phone and let us leave a legacy on your home. Roofing, windows, gutters, siding, and decks. Can Legacy do it? You bet. Better prices, better warranties. Legacy always makes it easy. Go to Legacy-Exteriors.com. Legacy Exteriors. Just pick up the phone and let us leave a legacy on your home. We're known for our sweet moves, but what you might not know is that we can store your stuff too. Yep, from one day to one year. We can hold on to your things on our trucks or in our warehouse. This is Brenda from Mad City Moving. We call that the unexpected storage move. Mad City Moving dominates any move. Their crew will handle your things well, like your things deserve to be handled. Online at madcitymoving.com. Mad City Moving. Mad City Moving. You haven't seen moves like 
Your healthcare journey in a hospital system can give you the heebie-jeebies. From navigating the parking garage to sitting in the crowded waiting room worrying about the results and cost. MH Imaging in Middleton performs MRIs, CTs, X-rays, and ultrasounds for a fraction of the cost of a medical system. And parking is just a few steps away. Results are available the same day, providing you with answers you need to know now. Visit MHImaging.com. This is Matt and Pete Gunderson. We recently celebrated the life of Ingrid, proud of her Norwegian heritage and a passion for art. Her life celebration included the Norwegian art of rose mulling. Her family was invited to help decorate the casket. Allow us to personalize every detail of a life well lived. Let our family help your family. Visit GundersonFH.com. Over 100 years as your hometown life celebration center. Some of America's bravest warriors are returning home wounded. Here's one of them. My name is Norberto Lara. While I was on a combat patrol, a rocket propelled grenade took my arm off at the shoulder. I was discharged from the Army, and I've been working with the Wounded Warrior Project since 2007. I don't have to be severely wounded. A lot of guys have post-traumatic stress disorder. Being able to share your story kind of helps you wrap your mind around what did happen over there. My name is Norby, and yes, I do suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder, but I'm okay. Don't suffer in silence. Contact WoundedWarriorProject.org. The wind is out of the sails a little bit, Rob, after what happened on Saturday night, especially in uh, come the fourth quarter, because, my gosh, it felt like the Packers had that one in the bag, Robbie. Didn't it, didn't it feel like the Packers had that one in the bag? No, never. Uh, not, at, not, no? At, not at any point. Maybe it was the martinis you know, talking I, for me then. Yeah, no, I, you know, right away when Savage dropped the pick six and when they failed on the fourth down and in inches on the love shove, from deep in San Francisco territory, you know, at the 12 or whatever that was on the fourth and a couple of feet. You know, Evo, I, I felt all along that if that was a close game, San Francisco being a veteran outfit with a lot of 27, 28, 31-year-old men versus a lot of 22, 23, 24-year-old kids, really, you know, I know they're men technically, but they're rookies and second-year guys that the Packers are putting out there. I thought Green Bay, if they were going to win Evo, they weren't going to blow San Francisco out like Dallas, undoubtedly. But I thought it maybe had to be a two-score game or one where they went ahead early 17-3 and you know made San Francisco chase and probably could have got a couple more picks along the way from a guy like Purdy or something like that. So when they, when they had those missed opportunities early in the game, Evo, I, I really did feel that could come back and haunt them at the end. And we're all going to talk about the Carlson missed field goal, and rightfully so because, heck, we talked about it last week a couple times I was on your show, that that was a very fixable and correctable problem to, to bring in a kicker last week or two weeks ago or a month ago for the stretch run here that was better than Anders Carlson because there were those guys floating around the streets. We're going to focus a lot, I know, on Carlson and, and, and Jordan Love's two interceptions in the fourth quarter and Joe Barry's defense melting down again at the most critical point of the season. And, and, and those are undoubtedly critical in the game. And they get magnified evil because they were the fourth quarter. But Green Bay had a chance to step on San Francisco's throat early in that game. Failed to take advantage of it, and it cost him at the end. Well, Rob, um, that's what I wanted to go with you right away. I mean, there's, there's, you know, there's a, Jordan loves you. I mean, you brought up the interceptions, the savage with the, it could have been an interception, right? Yeah, maybe some, uh, some conservative play calling at the end there from Lafleur. But I, I wanted to get this right out, right away, because Matt Lafleur said it in the post game. He's like, I know a lot of talk will be about the field goal, Rob, Rob. 
when I thought the Packers were going to win that game up until Carlson shanked that field goal. Right then and there, I'm like, oh, God, that's going to bite us in the ass. Robbie, explain this to me. I, I, I wish I could, Evo. This was a common, this was a common sense decision, and I and I think, you know, the overwhelming majority of organizations would have made the move in somewhere in the last month that, hey, they knew they had the most unreliable kicker in the league. It's, it's a very fixable problem. Again, we we talked about this last week, Evo. If if they went into that San Francisco game right, and they and they were weak at left guard and they were weak at nickel corner, and they were weak at tight end, you could not find one on the street better than what Green Bay had on the roster. But the amazing part about the kicker position, Evo, and the punter as well, I guess, probably the only two positions in football, that if your guy is struggling, there's probably a better guy sitting around at home on the street, even on you know January 20th, which is you know the day they played played San Francisco. We talked about it last week. Mason Crosby's contract with the Giants ended on January 14th. There was a lot of clamoring, obviously, for him. He's a well-known guy, leading scorer in franchise history. But but there were several others as well. You know, Robbie Gold, who, who retired late in the year, could have easily been coerced for the right amount of money to come out and kick against his old team last week, Evo. And, and instead, Green Bay, you know, trots out there a guy who wound up missing more kicks this year uh, than anybody in football, more more extra points, twice as many evil extra points than anybody in football. You know, Green Bay, LaFleur last week says we're going to stick this thing through, see it out till the end with Andres Carlson, Rich Passaccia, the, you know, the highest-paid special teams coordinator in football, should give half of that money back because he makes the choice and you know to, to, to stick with Carlson. And along the way, Evo you know, when he's asked very legitimate questions about Carlson last week, chooses not to ignore him. So, Rob, on the broadcast, Matt LaFleur told the production team that he prays for Anders Carlson every time he goes out there. He prays. It's unbelievable that, <laughs> that a head coach, number one, would, would be put in that position, right, Evo, to have to do that. And then number two, he admits it. Being with you makes us happy as pigs in mud. This is the Midwest Farm Report. Welcome back. I'm Stephanie Hoff, filling in for Farm Director Pam Yonke. The fabulous Farm Bay will be emceeing the Egg Outlook Forum this morning and through the afternoon on the UW-Madison campus. Are you going to be there? Send us a text, 877-301-FARM. Again, our talk text line is 877-301-FARM. The Egg Outlook Forum starts at around 10 o'clock this morning and goes through the afternoon. You can find pictures by following the fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook. Aside from being a good day for the Egg Outlook Forum, the Old Farmer's Almanac says you may also want to stay in and do some baking. If you just lick the batter, that's okay too. But I'll tell you what, the warm oven is going to feel a lot better than the wintry mix coming down today. Also, according to the Old Farmer's Almanac, if you're heading to the sale barn today, you're in luck because, according to the moon, it's a good day to buy animals. Market advisor John Heinberg will be with us later in the hour to tell us whether that's going to be true or not. Today at the Agriculture Outlook Forum, we're going to learn a lot about the economic outlook for Wisconsin's top commodities, including dairy. But there's another issue that Wisconsin dairy organizations have been keyed in on this year. 
This marks the 11th week that the U.S. Department of Agriculture has collected testimony on proposed changes to the federal milk marketing orders. These complex guidelines literally dictate what dairy farmers will be paid for their milk. But when USDA finally arrives at recommendations, will Wisconsin dairy farmers have a voice in the final vote? And now, Stephanie, the questions that a lot of producers are asking don't relate to the federal milk orders themselves, but instead a dairy farmer's right to vote on what happens with milk pricing policy going forward. I talked about it with Lucas Sostrom. He is with Minnesota Milk and also Edge Dairy Cooperative, and he said there's one little-known fact that many dairy farmers need to pay attention to, and that is how the U.S. Department of Agriculture will vote on federal milk order changes. If your plant did not pool during the month USDA selects, so USDA is going to select one month when they do the voting um, and say, you know, maybe it's February of 2023, that is the month anybody pooled in that month gets to vote nationwide, but anybody not pooled in that month doesn't get to vote. So that's a huge disadvantage for the upper Midwest because in the Northeast and the Southeast, they're all going to be pooled. we're, we're going to be disenfranchised somewhat as voters and, you know, our EDGE members. There's been a lot of depooling here in the past couple of years. Yeah. So everything we've been complaining about, the members who were really affected the most might not even have a vote on the issue. So uh, that just exasperates the matter of um, uh, the problems that we see. Yes, there's things we can fix. I think there's a lot of common sense solutions that are going to come out of here. I don't want to say I'm excited for what USDA is, is going to put out because I have no clue what they're going to put out, but I think they've got enough data to make some pretty good decisions that the industry is generally going to like. Maybe not what Lucas would like or what Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative would like, but it's going to be livable, um, and, and I, I think we'll have a, a positive vote on it. But if a large percentage of the industry can't even vote um, and, and we're in an environment where you can't, switch processors and speak against what your co-op board might have or or speak against where your processor might want you to vote, uh, that's a dangerous situation of lost power for farmers. So I think that's something we need to think about and look at after this federal order hearing is how do we how do we make sure that people are, are able to vote and how do we make sure that the people who are most affected each time are able to vote. You touched on a on a soft nerve there, Lucas, black voting, because many dairy farmers will recall in their career a time when a vote was cast and it always seemed to be a black vote I had no clue about. You're advocating, have that conversation with your cooperative, your board members, now. Yeah, and and, and uh, like the calls I referenced in my federal hearing testimony, uh, most of the calls came to me. So I, the, the calls came to me as Lucas Schostrom, executive director of Minnesota Milk, not as a fellow dairy farmer, not as not as uh, just some guy who's a, who's a policy guy. They called me because they couldn't call their co-op. They called me because they couldn't call their processor. Um, and so uh, your board member, who's a fellow dairy farmer, is going to be your best avenue here. And I, and I feel for people. Some people, uh, some dairy farmers are just stuck. And so we're trying to raise this with lawmakers. Uh, we raised it at the federal order hearing to say, hey, as you're considering all this, just remember, it's, it's a time where farmers aren't able to speak openly like they used to be because they don't have an option B or C. They might, not even, they might barely have an option A. Tricky terrain for any Wisconsin dairy producer, regardless of size. That's Lucas Sostrom with Minnesota Milk and Edge Dairy Cooperative. So even if USDA comes up with a great solution to federal milk marketing orders, will you as a Wisconsin dairy producer have a vote? For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm P.M. Yonke.
Let's take a look at our dairy prices on a Tuesday morning. From Chicago, the February Class 3 milk contract is trading down a penny at 15.88 a hundredweight. The March contract is unchanged at 16.13 a hundredweight. On the close yesterday, barrel cheese was unchanged from last week at $1.46 and three quarters. The 40 pound block cheese was up a nickel and a half at $1.50. And double A butter also closed unchanged from last week at $2.54 and a half. I think the truth of the matter is that there's just no better way to refuel your body after a workout than with chocolate milk. At least that's the strong belief from students at Keele High School on the eastern side of the state. Charity Seebecker has the story. Emmy Newberg, the Keele agriculture teacher and FFA advisor, has partnered with local dairy farms to supply every student involved with after-school curriculars chocolate milk. She says this project took about a year to make possible. Our chocolate milk initiative is a program that gives students that are involved in extracurricular activities a chance to refuel their body uh, with chocolate milk after their event. Any extracurricular activities are involved, so it can be basketball, lifting weights, wrestling, musical or play practice, anything like that. All of those students get the opportunity to refuel their bodies using chocolate milk. How did this idea really come about? What was maybe the need behind why you guys created this? One of the dairymen that is actually our big sponsor on this, they heard about this idea happening at another high school nearby. They then passed that idea along to one of our school board members, who's also a dairyman, that passed it along to myself, our FFA alumni and supporters, and the athletic director. So it took us probably a year to get this going. I think we learned about it last fall. But I didn't want to take that out of my first year teaching because that was a little bit too much for me. But I'm glad we got it started in my second year. Um, I guess the real need is to educate, you know, the public or students or whoever in any instance to educate them about agriculture, more specifically dairy. Um, So when this idea was brought up, I was immediately intrigued and wanted to do it. How do you select the dairy sponsors for each month? When we really started working towards this, Julie from Soaring Eagle Um, She's the one who actually brought it to our attention. So she took the initiative on writing sponsor letters. So she kind of just wrote up a letter from her, myself, and then our athletic director, Steve Walsh. And she sent it to dairies in our Keele Area School District, basically explaining the benefits and the importance of this program. We figured out a rough monthly cost to sponsor this program. So those dairies then sent in a check to the Keele FFA alumni. And uh, right now we have seven dairy farms who have contributed and we have, you know, enough money or funds in that account to just continue sponsoring milk, at least throughout the the end of the school year and going into next year. So we've had several local dairies that have sent in money to sponsor a month. Um, Those dairies include Soaring Eagle Dairy, Drake Dairy, Beezy's, Fitz Pine, and so, so many more. That was Emmy Newberg, the Keel Agriculture Teacher and FFA Advisor. Chocolate milk has the perfect combination of carbohydrates and protein, which helps build lean muscles. Those combined with its electrolytes provides the perfect recovery drink. So the next time you're looking to refuel yourself, try some chocolate milk. From the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Charity Seebecker. Thanks, Charity. And now if we take a look at our grain prices from Chicago, commodities are moving up. Cash corn is up a penny and a half at 4.47 and a quarter. December new crop corn is up a half a cent 
at 4.76 and 3 quarters. Cash beans are up three and a half cents at 12.27 and 3 quarters. And November new crop beans are up a half a penny at 11.98 a bushel. Cash wheat is up two and a quarter cents at 5.98 and 3 quarters. And July new crop wheat is up two pennies at 6.14 a bushel. Stick around because market advisor John Heinberg joins us next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Over four decades of turning customers into loyal friends, and the reason is simple. Here at Denny's Jewelers, we make jewelry shopping easy, relaxing, and because we have something for everyone. Hand-selected diamonds and gemstones. Custom design, appraisals, fashion jewelry, watches, repair, and even jewelry restoration. Stop by and allow us to turn you into our next true friend. Your parents moved to a smaller house. They're happy. But how'd you end up with their leftover furniture in your garage? And is that a box of sewing patterns from the 1970s? It's time to call Two Men and a Junk Truck, a division of Two Men and a Truck, to get it hauled away today. Get a free no-obligation estimate. We recycle and repurpose usable stuff. Experience the calm after the clutter. Visit twomenandajunktruck.com. Keep what you love, ditch what you don't. So it's 2023, and what do we all see? Higher healthcare costs. But there's good news if you need an MRI. SmartScan Medical Imaging is open in Eau Claire, Wausau, and Madison. We offer new state-of-the-art equipment, highly trained staff, and expert radiologists. Our flat rate MRIs are $650 for most common MRIs, 50 to 80% lower than area hospitals, with results sent to your doctor in just hours. Give up nothing but the higher cost. Find out more at MYSSMI.com. MYSSMI.com. Rural Mutual is the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin for a good reason. As a company founded by farmers, they understand the ag industry and its challenges. Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit RuralMutual.com to find an agent near you. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Bringing home the bacon, literally. This is the Midwest Farm Report. And welcome back as we round out a Tuesday morning. I'm Stephanie Hoff. It's time now for our visit with Marked Advisor John Heinberg from Total Farm Marketing in West Bend. They're easy to get a hold of at TotalFarmMarketing.com. John, I wanted to start with the fact that parts of Wisconsin are in a winter weather advisory today, and this comes after a freezing cold last week freezing cold week last week. Um, Just curious if this forecast is influencing any livestock or grain movements this week. Well, I think it was a bigger factor last week in terms of the last couple of weeks with the cold might be more than the upcoming forecast. You know, obviously we dealt with the large snowstorm across the Midwest and those bitter cold temperatures that kind of slowed the movement down. Uh, we did, you know, talking to some producers, they got some pops in the basis as uh, end users are looking for some bushels, whether corn or soybeans. And then on the livestock side, too, obviously in, in this type of weather, that cold, brutal weather like that, it's more about keeping the animals alive versus growing so it can kind of back up the cattle a little bit you know we saw a little bit of strength in the cash market but we just all really saw the kill numbers kind of come down so we'll have to see how that kind of works it through here now over the next few weeks and get those cattle lines and those hog lines back up to speed 
John, I've been going on and on this morning about how excited we are for the 2024 Agriculture Outlook Forum happening today at the UW-Madison campus. The fabulous Farm Babe will be emceeing. Uh, Charity and I will be in attendance. And John, you'll have a speaking role there as well. What what points will you be bringing home today? You don't have to give yeah. too much away. Sure, I'll be going down covering the grain markets and the outlook for 2024. And obviously, a couple of things I'm going to be focused on where we are with price, where we are with supply. A couple of things we're going to be talking about here shortly, too, is just some of the demand aspects that are in the marketplace. And, you know, you, get, you got a tight window in terms of that presentation. So it's more of a broad brush today. Uh, but uh, obviously, we can pick up a lot more of the information that we talk about here uh, as we kind of go through the year. Yeah. I know earlier in the show, I kind of focused on dairy a little bit here, John, because I knew you had a a grain focus for us this morning. Corn uh, being king right now, or I should say king cause of concern. Uh, Walk me through what you're hearing from USDA where corn has you a little uneasy. Well, we need to continue to talk about the demand side of the equation. That's still the biggest problem that we're facing right now in the corn market. And, and just the impact of, where, you know, the number one buyer of commodities in the world is China. And the impact of that South American supply that's really come into play. And, and you know, we got ourselves a growing supply here in the United States. We saw that with the USDA changes on the last report. But let's just kind of get into some numbers very, very quickly. Right now, export sales for corn are actually pretty good in compared to last year but we have to understand how difficult last year was overall and when you know we still are well behind where we need to be over a multi-year pace big impact a lot of that has been the brazilian production of corn last year and and what it's done to the markets now we've seen china just step into the corn market extremely aggressively usda has got them forecasted to bring in about 26 27 million metric tons of corn over the marketing year 47 percent of that is forecasted to come out of Brazil. Now, just to show you the difference, last year in 2022-2021, Brazil got minimal corn into China. Uh, so now they are basically replacing us very, very quickly as the world's um, you know, corn supplier to that country. Uh, and, and even on the global scale, uh, you know, we look at it right now, China, or excuse me, United States and Brazil are both export about 27% of the global corn supply individually. So U.S. at 27, Brazil at 27. And the biggest factor in this is the, now that Brazil has been a provider of corn into China, and that's limited our exports. And that's one of the biggest reasons for the market prices and the concerns that we're seeing now is that China's looking for a different route to go and Brazil had those bushels at a cheaper price and they continue to be a strong buyer of those commodities from that country. John, is this geopolitical? Is it economic? And is it is it just corn? It's a combination of all three factors. First off, Brazil had the market and you know and the supplies there. Obviously, you know we can go into the whole geopolitical side with the with the microchips and what's been going on in that regard. So I really think it became an emphasis for China to look for sources that are still very available to them at a competitive price, and Brazil had that competitive price. You know, there's still the number of marketer and purchaser in the world in terms of the Chinese and the Chinese government. And, and they are still one of the shrewdest marketers in the world. I know we kind of get tired of hearing about that overall. But if they find value, they buy value. And the last year, because of our tight supply the previous year and the overabundance of supply that Brazil had with their second crop, their exportable corn, you know, the, it became an easy target for them to go into Brazil and pick up basically uh, millions upon millions of bushels.
But it sounds like the story is the U.S. has corn uh, to export. So is is the demand trend going to turn around anytime soon? Are we going to be looking at other countries to pick up some of our bushels? You know, there's a couple different things that come into play. Now, the next few months here, you know, basically January, February, March is our window to be the leader in the export market. The Brazilian market has kind of lost some of its supply. Argentina has been dealing with two years of drought, but they have a record corn crop pot forecasted for this year coming at us. You know, so these next few months are vital and we need to see those sales numbers really pick up as well as the shipment numbers for corn. And then we got to see what happens with that South American production. You know, so it's going to be a very interesting point over the next few, you know, few weeks here to see if we can get those numbers that we need that can help support price, you know, on top of our large supply that we're trying to work through. At least that's what's forecasted out there. And John, sometimes we pair, you know, sometimes the soybean and corn trends kind of go together a little bit here. Is that the case in this situation as well? It has, uh, you know, soybeans a little different uh, situation because, again, we basically got those two major producers between us and Brazil. Argentina will be producing a very strong soybean crop, so they will be a factor here later into 2023 uh, in terms of their supplies, or 24, excuse me. You know, but uh, corn's has been a little different because there's a lot of places that raise corn besides the uh, United States, Brazil. You got Ukraine, you got South Africa, you got European corn. All those things kind of come into play. Hopefully, corn market market doesn't turn into the new wheat market where we see that shift in things. Uh, but again, it's just one of those ones where, you know, it came down to dollars and cents realistically in the Britain and that Chinese, or excuse me, the Brazilian corn is produced cheaply and it puts, goes onto the market cheaply because their focus is beans, not corn prices. Therefore, it makes it difficult for us to compete with our large and growing supply from last year. John, in the last 30 seconds here, any reports to keep an eye on from USDA or otherwise uh, in the next couple weeks? Well, one big one I'm keeping an eye on, shifting gears again, we're going back to that cattle market, is going to be the cattle inventory report. We, you know, we just got cattle on feed last week. We just don't think that cow herd's expanding, and those numbers are going to stay tight. Market advisor John Heinberg along with us from Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. You can reach them pretty easily by visiting TotalFarmMarketing.com. John is also going to be speaking today at the 2024 Egg Outlook Forum on the UW-Madison campus. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff. Thanks for taking along with us on a Tuesday. We're getting put out to pasture for today. Back tomorrow morning. This is the Midwest Farm Report. A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option.